Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Monday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan. Dennis Dick is here, but he's in the background. He'll be on with us in a couple minutes. Good to be back. Joel, I think that was the longest I've been away from you in like five years. Uh, so I am, I am back. Uh, good to be back in the saddle here this morning. I missed some fireworks I think uh, we'll talk about Nikola uh, this morning because there is some follow-through on that. They're responding finally to the short report from Hindenburg last week. We've got a lot of news, though, just a lot of news this morning. Uh, Oracle, it looks like the winner of the TikTok sweepstakes. We've got a double upgrade on GameStop. That's up this morning. We've got Gilead doing some M&A. we got a lot to talk about on the show. Joe Saluzzi is our guest. He will join us at 8 to 35. He is from Themis Trading talk about this financial transaction tax and uh that'll be that so i'll bring joel on here and joel what's the word here in the overnight session uh welcome back spencer i i would be remiss if i said that uh we we didn't miss you uh it was uh it was quite a week busy week in the markets and uh glad to have you back we'll have to hear a little bit more about uh your vacation sure but Let's move on here. Uh, S&P futures, weak close, strong overnight. Your typical expiration bouncing around. Higher opened, rallied up, even took out Friday's high by a good margin. Uh, Friday's high, 64.75. Our current high, 75. I'm still going to keep an eye on that 64 and a quarter, though, just because that was Friday's high. Pre-market low, 36 and a quarter. So that's way above the close at 23.50, kind of in the same place when we started the show on Friday. Uh, you have crude trading in the red here by 21 cents. Uh, not a lot of global demand here, and I think OPEC made some comments alluding to that. So Trying to hold just above $36, uh, or 36 has been the low a couple times, lower 36 handle, down 20 cents. Gold just stuck between 1900 and 2000 up 580 at 1953.70. Uh, and you have silver in the green too. These have been in consolidation stations here for a while. And Bitcoin, uh, that's up $180 at uh, 10520 do we have a uh, triple D lurking? I'm here. I'm here with technical difficulties running on two computers instead of three computers. So I've had to consolidate a lot of stuff here this morning, traveling back from my cottage, come in and my one computer is not working. It seems like this happens to me about every three months, but at least this year anyways, but this is 2020, right? This is 2020, the year that nothing works exactly how you have plans. So, but it's good. <laughs> We're up. I'm running a little bit of a skeleton crew operation. I'm not going to be able to see the chat because I don't have it up. I don't have enough computers. So help me out with the chat if people are asking questions. You won't, you won't see people hooting on you then. 
Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. I won't see people giving me the heat for all yeah. my bad calls. Yeah. <laughs> Good ones, bad ones. I well, we tell got... you one thing. What? Gilead, holy mackerel. This was a good call to just not get back in this stock. And let's go to the merger here this morning. They are paying up a big time. Yeah, that's your cue, been... Spencer. That was yeah, Spencer. This me. is like Dennis, talk, Dennis talks <laughs> and then you talk, okay? This is the way we do Stop. it. Stop. What? Let's hear about You've been away from us for like a month. <laughs> you need to know what were you doing for the last month? Not I was away for 10 days. It um, felt like a month. Anyways, okay. <laughs> no, I, I did a lot of sitting on the beach, man. Uh, was, Holy, just relaxing. Uh, and I did a lot of driving. Drove around 13. How are the beaches? 100 miles. Uh, okay. Not perfect, but safe. Better than it. Oh, oh. Oh, and you mean in terms of crowds? Oh, after Labor Day, there was, there was uh, one couple within 500 yards of uh, nice. on the beach. So you had the beach to yourself. We basically had the beach to ourselves after Labor Day, um, nice. which is awesome. Uh, but it was a great time. I love the Jersey Shore. I would say it's my safe space, my happy place. So uh, it was a great time. Missed you guys, though. Uh, I, di- I, I would, uh, you know, try to keep up with the news in the morning before I went to the beach. And I, that's how I saw the, the GM and Nicola. And then I, the next day, the, the Hindenburg thing. So I, I was keeping up with stuff. But uh, – not to the extent that, that, that you guys were. I, I definitely did miss you guys. So did you get did you get stopped out? No, uh, I, I I did not get stopped out. Joel. Yeah, it was close. It, it was not close because Dennis scared me enough to make my stop. <laughs> Put him low, man. I know the day he leaves, we like crashed, and yeah. I was like, I'm blaming Spencer Israel <laughs> for this market crash. He leaves, and the next day we fall like five percent on the Nasdaq, and we have our worst day since March. It's yeah. not a coincidence. This was Spencer Israel's <laughs> fault. He wasn't providing the liquidity that we needed in the markets because he was laying on the beach. That's it. That's it. Oh, I was actually, Now we know why the NASDAQ fell 5% that one day. Spencer right. Israel. Exactly. Actually, I was driving. I did a lot of driving. Anyway, uh, Gilead here. This was announced yesterday that they are acquiring Immunomedics for $88 a share in cash. Comes out to $21 billion. It's not a coincidence that Gilead, Gilead had about $20 billion on their books in cash. So they put that cash to work, and uh, maybe they looked at the low interest rates and said, let's do it. Big premium here, and nobody saw this one coming, Joel, because IMMU did not have a sniff of a rally on Friday. So nice to the IMMU shareholders uh, this morning. Windfall, book the profits, move on, 8708. Gilead got a little love at four in the morning. I actually woke up because I had an overnight position in Gilead, just in my overnight portfolio. The reason I had that, guess. Why was I long Gilead overnight? Uh, Not really liking Gilead, but only well, had it, bought it at four o'clock, bought it at 359 on Friday. Why? Uh, double bottom? Ex-dividend. Oh, Technicals, okay. I'm not buying off a of double bottom. Technicals, it goes ex-dividend today. So it was ex-dividend for $0.68. Cents. I employ dividend capture. So right away, I see the deal over the weekend. I was like, this could be a, an expense of $0.68 cents because I'm like, they're paying <laughs> way up. And if they punish the acquirer like they often do, I could l- lose some money. So I woke up at the un, well, at, the, at 4 a.m. to try to sneak yeah. out of my Gilead yep. long. And I was, I woke up and I was like, oh, a nice 65, 75 bid for me. So I go, boom, it's yours. I, it wasn't enough. So then I had to go down to 65, 50 to get rid of the rest. 
So anyways, I was able to get out 65 and a half this morning and actually make an extra 60 cents on the, on the, so I got the dividend and wow. I got the extra. So that's nice. That's always nice. Yeah, and uh, did you so, play? And I just had a feeling they were going to smack it. So, and I thought maybe at four in the morning, somebody thinks it's going to rally. Somebody did think it was going to rally. So I ended up being right. So I'm glad I got out of it. And then I was like, I'm on the skeleton crew operation here because I don't have the one computer working. So I was on my iPad for my interactive brokers software. I was on my iPad and I'm like trying to like figure out how the hell to sell. I've never, I haven't used their iPad app in like two years. So I'm like, I don't even know how to use this thing. Anyway, so I hit it, and then I hit it again at 65.50, and then I was like, it refreshed my size, and I hit too many, so I actually went short at 65 and a half. I didn't even mean to. I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll hold it for a bit. Anyway, so I'm short, and I come in, and I covered this morning. So it ended up, the error ended up working out in my favor, but I sold too many or more shares than I wanted to at 65 and a half this morning. All right. That, yeah, they got a the little bit of a pop, and you just, good thing you got up, because that was not much of a pop at all. 60 just got to 6575 uh for shareholders of this one you better hold 6355 uh you had your low on the thursday right at that area on wednesday 6361 6355 haven't got there yet in the pre-market so that's just a must hold level and then you said uh i m m u did that not really move up well no. yeah it's moved up to the price no no no, oh. no but uh, it did. It got a little. It did catch a bid the last six days. I don't know. I don't know if that was because you were at thirty-eight. You had a low at thirty-eight uh, at the end of last week, and you had a good week last week. But it wasn't one of these like I stand out. Moment. Somebody yeah. knew something before. It was wasn't really much action from it on Friday at all. What are your thoughts on Gilead here now? I mean, I've sold out. Oh, I've covered man. my short. I just covered it before we started the show. So I'm completely out of Gilead. I'm completely flat, completely free to know. talk about it. I said if it got down to the low 60s, I might strike. I mean, they're trying to buy growth. They've just been a mess of a company, and they don't know what to do. And now they pay up 100%, $20 billion premium here. There's great support down in the low 60s. Does it see it today? I mean, if they really decide that, hey, they paid up big time, and we're going to punish your market cap for that, which I thought they might. That's why I was selling at 65 and a half this morning. Um, you know, you could see 63 or 62 bucks. I'm not saying it's going to. If it did, would you be a buyer? All that support? Look, look back at the chart. Look at I am, monthly. and I'm actually... It's like ridiculous. It's like so much support. It's like the support of all supports. Yeah, I'm just... I don't know if it's just like going to do what it did for practically the entire year of 2019, and that was like Nothing. 63 to 70, 63 to 70, 63 to 70. Well, I, I'd play that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there is good support. I mean, they bought other companies too. I don't know what they have in the in the pipeline. Uh, what you know, obviously buying, but I mean, it just hasn't performed well. I, I mean, you could do it for a trade, but just things. Yeah, the remdesivir love and the remdesivir love oh, is all gone. God. Even when you see some positive headline from remdesivir, this barely pops now. If it pops, it's a, it's a selling opportunity always. I mean, there's just so many people who probably are still caught in this too yeah. from the whole room disappear. I mean, obviously, Gilead has been my stock, um, you know, from a trading perspective. And we know I talked about that. You know, I played it on the pops multiple times, shorting on the pops even a couple of times. And, you know, even to the tune this morning, I wake up in the morning, I basically sold the high. So, you know, I just have a lot of luck in this stock. You know, maybe it's, you know, where, you know, preparation meets opportunity is what they say luck is. So maybe I'm pretty prepared in it too because I watch it all the time. But, you know, here I am. I take it home overnight. 
for the dividend. They do a deal. I'm like, even my buddy was, you know, he was in it for the dividend capture too. Um, you know, cause a lot of traders, you know, pro professional traders play dividend capture. And he's like, are we going to get screwed on this? And I'm like, we might. I'm like, <laughs> anyways, I woke up early cause I didn't want to. And, and obviously it's not even a, that much of a disaster. They haven't hit it that much here. It's only down 90 cents, but I just know sometimes on these deals, when they pay up, they sometimes smack them. But, you know, in the other case here, and let's go, maybe this is a good segue into our other big deal this morning. Wait, wait, is, but real fast, real fast, before you transition away from Gilead, a couple of sympathy plays off that this morning. because so, Oh, yeah, give them to us. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Is, is a cancer drug. So I'll give you a few tickers. Courtesy of the Benzinga News Desk here. TGTX is one. Okay. Okay, EX. I'm writing them down. EXEL. EXEL. And then the last one is indicated up. I don't really see any trades yet, but ARGX. ARGX. And then as far as ETFs, you've got... ARGX is up six bucks. Okay, well, there you go. Your largest... Uh, your ETFs with the largest allocations to immunomedics um, you know, are IBBJ. Yeah. Up here. Uh, BTEC will be up here. Uh, PTH. Those are the three. Uh, so... There's not a standout ETF, though. It's only like 10% uh, of it, though. no. no. Okay. Yeah. Good right. for IMMU. Not that great for Gilead shareholders, unfortunately. Again, um, I do say you got great support down there in 61. We'll see if it gets down there today. I don't know if I'm going to play it or not. All right. On to what is probably the, the big uh, news of the day, uh, merger news or, or otherwise, is uh, the Oracle TikTok uh, sweepstakes. It appears that Oracle... Uh, is the winner. Nothing is official yet, but Oracle appears to be the winner uh, with ByteDance rejecting Microsoft's bid. Uh, as far as where that, where that leaves Walmart, Walmart said, according to the journal, that Walmart is, has considered joining the, the, the uh, team Oracle. I'm not quite sure how they go about doing that, but it looks like Oracle will, will uh, be the acquirer of TikTok's U.S. operations. Now, what are they actually getting? Well, they're not getting the algorithm. They're not getting the secret sauce. The, the thing that is it official? No, nothing is ever official. Nothing's ever official. Nothing's ever official. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, uh, Oracle will get TikTok's uh, U.S. operations. Like I said, they're not getting the algorithm. They're not getting the magic behind uh, the company. They're getting uh, the cash flows, uh, the revenue. Uh, they could probably uh, try to copy the algorithm in some way, but they're not getting like it's what. The someone in the South China, South China Morning Post said they're getting the car, but not the engine. So it that doesn't sound that great. Is what is what they're really paying for? I, I don't even care what they're getting. Um, in the Oracle cases, this Oracle, the earnings was even faded. We talked about you know it seems like the stock whenever it pops up is just a selling opportunity. The stock popped up and opened and traded up there for a while on did Friday. You, you, did you get a piece? Or what about this morning? I hope you had Oracle right next to Gilead. Do you see? Where did it get to? Oh, don't you're, even... uh, I'm, I'm, if, I, you're not going to believe. I'm long got... this in the long term portfolio. I should have. Oh, you would have been selling this hand over fist. Where did Ooh, it get to? I don't like oh, sixty six, sixty six. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. Oracle, the company Oracle. that does nothing, like, you know, really for the last decade, like, I mean, or not last decade, but last, like, let's go and look at the chart. For the last four years, okay. the stock has moved basically 10 bucks. You're telling me somebody paid up 10 bucks in one day for Oracle? Man, I never even, like, I should have looked over at Oracle. I would have been selling and shorting Oracle, hand over fist to 65. I wouldn't be surprised if it gives it all back. 
I was, yeah, it's already on the feet. 3.3 million shares have traded. I mean, that is more than a, I mean, it had a big day on Friday too. It faded on Friday. All those people caught and then you're 10 bucks higher than the close. Give me a break. Because you're oh. paying up oh, for, for a portion of TikTok and you're not getting the algorithm like Mr. Spencer Israel tells us here. And also, that was a for- gift to shareholders this morning. I wish I would have been up selling my shares. Oh, I'm man. holding for the simple reason, like I said on Friday, the only reason I'm holding is I'm in from nine bucks in the financial crisis and I don't want to pay the tax. I mean, I could do the whole put call parody thing, but I'm too lazy to do that. It's my retirement account forever. I'll probably die with Oracle shares. Uh, but I'm talking totally against my buck here. This was a ridiculous pop this morning. And, and plus, remember, the, the, the Trump administration still has, it has to weigh in on this, right? This is crazy. Uh, so can we do, you know, let, let's, do a, let's do a RAS poll. And uh, one, if you like and use TikTok, and two, if you don't, and three, if you're like me, and you'll never use it. So let's do that. <laughs> I'm probably three. Um, yeah. Again, I can't go in the chat because I don't have it up because I'm missing a okay. computer this morning. So put, push a three for me because I'm probably never going to use it. My wife's been trying me to use it. My wife would have pressed one about a dozen times because she's on TikTok all the time. She I don't see TikTok. a one. I don't see one one. Uh, uh, we aren't. I don't think we're the target demo. <laughs> oh, Ray Gonzalez says no. <laughs> Four. That they love TikTok. Yeah. Four. We have four. My, I tell you, if my wife was in the chat this morning, she pressed one a dozen times, but she can't be in the chat because she's on TikTok. <laughs> I mean, she are the TikTok. videos that good? Are they that funny? I mean, she thinks they're hilarious. It, really? Honestly, it's the it's the algo. That's the ma- that's where the magic is. That's the secret sauce. Is and the she algo. keeps following through and finding more things she likes. Yeah. So it's, like, it's, it's like, oh, I love this topic, and now they're just showing you videos on this topic nonstop. Yes. So I agree with Spencer Israel. It's the algo. Oracle's not even getting the algo. Sold you at 65, 64, 63, 62, 61. I'm going to hold my shares. But I mean, up 350 on this is still even a big move and getting all of its losses back from Friday. So if you bought at 65, I'm sorry. I don't think you're getting your money back for a long, long time. I, I think if you're buying at 6040 this morning, I think you might lose money on it. So it looks um, it's coming a lot. But I'm not chasing this on this TikTok deal. And you know what else is crazy? Let's go to Walmart and Microsoft. Because here we see Walmart, the ridiculous moves. It goes from like $130 to $150 because they might get TikTok. And then they don't get TikTok and it goes down a buck? This market's just dumb. It came in, though. It came in from that 150 I mean, that was a big Where'd Walmart get this morning? Did they slam this thing down to like... A ridiculous not, level? No, it's not that far off. It's low. It's pre-market low, 135.11. Yeah. So the that... nonsense of this market. I mean, it is. It's all nonsense. Um, you know, to valuation, to, to we'll, we'll, we'll pay 100 times earnings for this company, but we won't pay 10 times or 100 times sales for one company, but we won't pay, a you know, 10 times, you know, earnings for this other company. That's, you know, stable earnings. I mean, it's just been the market that fundamentals are whacked. And you got to play it from a technical basis. Stocks are breaking out, doing things. And you got to trade headlines too. That, don't kid yourself. Somebody waking up at four in the morning, short and Oracle saying, this is stupid. Made a lot of money today. I never looked at Oracle. I was too tired. All I wanted to do was sell my Gilead and go back to sleep. And that's what I did. And then I, like I said, I'm on this platform. And maybe it's my fault, IB, because I'm, you know, uh, it's four in the morning and I'm tired. And I double sell it. But I sell it and then I sell it short. So I'm like, okay, well. You know, anyways, I guess I take it home. Sh- I take it short and go to sleep. And, you know, it obviously rewarded me because it kept going down. I was bearish it anyways. But 
so maybe I would have shorted it. But I mean, I wish I would have looked at Oracle because $65, wow, what a gift. Yeah, Microsoft is coming in too here. This uh, got way over two, well, not way over, but this is coming in. I mean, you had the tech rack trying to hold 200 here. Bunch of lows at two hundred. I don't know. That's a big move, but that's what that's what tech did here. I don't. That's that's thirty points, thirty one points off its all time high for Microsoft. You got to start thinking maybe a little bit about a longer term top here. And then Dennis, you also alluded to something you talked about. Well, uh, you know, I don't want to sell because of uh, you know, because of taxes. Well, what about if? You know, there's a change in the administration and capital gains taxes go up higher next That year. will not affect me. I am Canadian. Okay. So I pay, I talk to a different, obviously, I, I do, on, on my Good prop point. account, I do pay IRS. So I shouldn't say it doesn't affect me. I do actually pay U.S. taxes on my prop account because it's prop. U.S. company. So, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, I have to. I'm, I'm, I'm trading for a U.S. company. So, um, but on my Canadian investment side, so like in the investing I got side, Good. I'm okay. talking to the CRA, which is Canadian Revenue Agency on that stuff. So IRS doesn't touch my Canadian investment. That's all Canadian stuff. So I'm, so that part will affect me. The capital gains part won't affect me because in a prop account, at Bright, you're 100% taxed on everything. It's all just prop money. So it doesn't matter. None of that. And so even if you're at Bright Trading, even if you're an American citizen, you know, you're still, it's not going to affect your capital gain stuff in your bright trading account because we're 100% taxed on everything. Okay. All right. Well, then just everyone else that uh, is uh, on the show will have to worry about it. <laughs> it's something to consider, though. I mean, if you're obviously the tax implications are always something to consider with everything. I mean, Jason Razdick was like, didn't, didn't want to sell his Tesla because they don't pay the tax on it. So, I mean, I, when always... I hear that argument, when I hear that argument, I think, I, it just makes okay. I, I don't want to sell it because I don't want to pay the taxes, but I want to watch it go down one hundred and fifty dollars or two hundred dollars. I, I don't. Well, you don't think it's going to do that. I mean, that's you know, did, if you really thought your stock was going to get cut in half, you would have paid the tax. I mean, it's obviously you think okay, I'll take the five to ten percent pullback because I don't want to lock in this huge tax bill, you know, and obviously long-term capital gains. See, we don't even have long-term capital gains in Canada. You hold something over a year, you still get 50% taxed. It's 50%. So that's the way the capital gains work on your investments in Canada. It's 50% of the gains. So if you make $2,000 on your long-term, or on, it doesn't matter long-term, short-term, on your investment, it's taxed, a thousand of that is taxable at your, at your okay. current rate. So Canadians don't care about long-term, but obviously we know if you hold over a year, I believe it is in the U.S., then, you know, you obviously get tax break. Well, yeah, I, 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 our, uh, I think most of our traders aren't holding stuff for a year. Yeah, our, our, chat, is all, our chat is all over this, uh, it, you know, following it that way. But, I mean, there's other ways that you can do. But there's also, I mean, Dennis, I, you got to have some losers in your portfolio, right? So there's, there's ways, you know. Well, I'm not I do that every year. Yeah, yeah. In, in so. December, I go through, you know, my long-term investment portfolio. Obviously, my trading is completely different. I don't accept losers. And, you know, in my trading, for the most part, I get flat most days. So I do overnight stuff. By, by 10 a.m. in the morning, I'm usually flat, and then I'm off for a few hours in my trading stuff. But the long-term investment stuff, I do that every year. I look through, and I was like, okay, I've had a pretty good year from an investing standpoint and my longer term, you know, account, obviously. And then you look and you're like, okay, well, what can I sell to counter off some of these taxes? Okay. I got this big ugly loser in this stock. I mean, I've got a couple, um, you know, and, and, and some of these I've grabbed from other people. Some of these I've done myself, but I grabbed this one. Uh, I think it came from, I don't remember who it came. Somebody on Twitter 
years ago, and I'm selling it this year for the tax write-off. It's XIN. It was like a dividend play, and they're like, oh, this is a good dividend play. China, don't and I, obviously it wasn't a good dividend play. I ended up buying like this is like six or seven bucks. Oh, like two bucks. I know. I got talked into it on Twitter. It was somebody that was pumping. I don't even remember who it was, but they were like, oh, this is the play. And I was looking. I was like, oh, it's breaking out. You can see the breakout back in when? 2018. Oh, look, what, okay. look at the three oh, yeah, tops. Yeah, yeah. Okay. See it breaking out? I was like, oh, I kind of like the chart here too. So, so I paid seven bucks. I paid the high. It went to eight. It was like feeling pretty good. Then they pulled the rug out from under me and this thing's two. And it's in my long-term account. And I'm like, okay, I'm writing this thing off this year. It's going to be done. So I wrote off a bunch last year too. I had like HIMX, which was a complete dog. I had, you know, you can't get these. Like if you have 50, 60 stocks, you're going to have some that are dogs too. And, you know, I try to cut the losers to a certain extent in the long-term portfolio, but I try not to look at the long-term portfolio much either because I trade it too much. So you got a thesis on something or somebody's told you, oh, I like this for this reason. You get talked into it and you do a little flyer on it. Again, staying diversified, never put like 20% of my money in something. It's usually like 1%. So, you know, I get dinged on and I lose, you know, max. If it went to zero, I lose 1%. But if I can cut it, it's going to be significantly less than that. But that's the long term, you know, I don't know if everybody wants to talk long term. No, I, I don't. Well, no, we should. Uh, but do you think that, uh, you know, with the uh, uncertainty of the election, I'm thinking of doing what, you know, the year end thing at the end of October. That's not a bad call. If you're yeah. nervous, yeah. you know, why not? You know, if you're nervous about the markets, I, we know I've been nervous for a long time. I've had a significant amount of cash and not participated. I've put some of that, you know, I was nibbling, like I said, into rocket. And I think I'm early on the rocket because it continues to not perform. It was a terrible day for it on Friday. But I mean, we've been kind of, you know, early on anything you've been buying the last week because the market made new lows on Friday. So we bounced a little bit out of there. We're bouncing here again. But, you know, the trend is breaking here on a lot of stocks. So do I think I'm going to load up here now on stocks? And you know, I don't know. Like NVIDIA this morning. Let's go to this one with SoftBank. It's getting the 30-point pop. If I was long NVIDIA, I'd sell this pop this morning. And this, this is a huge pop. And they're paying up from assets that were bought by SoftBank. At, I think a lot cheaper price a few years ago. Yeah, well, Spencer? well NVIDIA is paying $40 billion uh, for for arm holdings for arm which is owned by softbank it's 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 softbank chip what did softbank pay for that um what did Ar arm holdings used to trade it was under yeah, armh yep i'm going to find arm holdings i bet you a little google can quickly give us the price arm holdings softbank merger let's see what they pay uh, 31 hey, did you hear 31 billion yeah, 31 billion all right well so now they're paying 40 billion so and this was back in 2016 so it's went up for a little bit so, okay. So maybe hey, Spencer, it's not that bad if it's the see, exact same company. Did you see that they blamed uh, the, the, the tech sell-off a, a little bit on SoftBank? That they were over Oh, you know, you know I, I did see that, but weren't they doing like some market neutral strategies, right? Wasn't it like a, a spread? Scapegoat. So, <laughs> so, that's, that, I, I had a reporter actually ask me this question well, I thought it was an option spread I thought they were doing like some market neutral stuff I don't, maybe, this maybe. is the dumbest thing this is, such, this is just you know media looking for an excuse they don't want to hear that the, we were overbought they don't want to hear anything technical they don't want to hear that the market was up why is the market down 5% we need a fundamental reason why the market's down 5% it's definitely not the fact that we were up 30% the last month and a half and a natural correction should be occurring yeah it, it's, it's definitely not that it has to be something ah. so let's blame SoftBank for the whole entire sell-off of two weeks ago that's just stupid 
Wait, why? Not SoftBank. That is had, stupid. Why? Because they had a few billion in unrealized gains. I mean, dumb. I, I'm, yeah, I don't know. Dumb. That's dumb media trying to give you a fundamental reason so that Main Street, who isn't on, you know, looking at the markets every day, can say, "Oh, well, the market's only selling off because of SoftBank." You know, this is going to come right back. The market sold off because it was overbought, like to a ridiculous level. It needed a correction. It got the correction. This is not SoftBank's fault, people. Every time you get a major sell-off, they got to find a reason. And I told the reporters, they're just reporting, obviously, but the media ran with this, this SoftBank story. And they're like, what do you think? And I was like, it's a scapegoat for, you know, everybody in the market to say basically they want an excuse. What's the excuse? I don't want to hear that we were overbought. I want to hear that somebody caused this to happen. So yeah. we'll blame SoftBank. That was just stupid. It wasn't SoftBank's fault. Sorry. Uh, oh, actually, you know, you asked what I did uh, over the week. So I have about a year supply of Bloomberg Business Weeks that, I had, that were sitting on my coffee table that I hadn't read. So I, I powered through a portion. Wow. I powered Jeez. through a lot of those. Holy so I, I basically call, I, I got up to like, uh, I basically got up to the pandemic in March. So uh, I, I can tell you what Bloomberg predicted for 2020. It was, it was very wrong. What did they predict? <laughs> did they predict a uh, pandemic? Not a pandemic. <laughs> um, a pandemic and the market's going to make new all-time but highs. I, I, you know, I was reading what Bloomberg's from like last fall, um, last winter, um and uh yeah it, so that's what i did like, for the week is that I, I read a lot of blue you know i that stuff is still interesting to me even though it's not boy you know, you're not, a nerd obviously dated but yeah well, it goes I, on the I, beach and reads <laughs> well i got all these magazines I, you know why the hell shouldn't i read them at eventually they were just piloting they come every week right it's business week so Dude, this is all that? we do in our job is read i'm sitting there on the pro reading a 10 million headlines every yeah. day the last thing i want to do on my vacation is read well, i read a book brain- well, I read mean, a book, a fiction book uh, or something. You know, it, you know, there was the article from some of the stuff I'd read already, but there was the article about, you know, Tesla shorts getting their faces ripped off from like January. Obviously, things have changed a lot since then. But um, yeah, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's good to go back. It's good to go back and, you know, circle your bases. And so that's what I did a lot this week. I read a lot of old Business Week articles. <laughs> that's what that's I did. a hardcore reader right there. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, let's go. Can we go, Nicola? Yeah. Nicola. So Nicola. Did you see think... Kramer? Did you see Kramer took my joke on Friday? The no. Nicola thing? Yeah, he I did? did because I did because Tr- Kramer was saying Nicola's going to be on, and I tweeted at him the Ricola commercial, you know, because I always go Nicola, yeah. and he retweeted my tweet, so he obviously saw it. He actually did retweet my tweet, and uh, then on on fa- on Mad Money, he says. Nicola, I was like, he got that for me. <laughs> Isn't that uh? That's from it's from a movie. No, it's the Ricola commercial. Commercial where you know they got the horns and they're like you know the cough drops. Isn't it Ricola cough drop, Spencer? Yes, it is. And they're always blowing the from years ago, and they blow in the horn, and then he's calling over the markets or over the mountains. Ricola. Yep. So we've been saying it for a while, doing. Nicola and Kramer it was, said it. I was like, it was, yeah. it wasn't just he definitely took it from me because I, I he retweeted my tweet like I, I think a half an hour before com- he said it. All right, that's a common joke. In any case, Nicola, it's a common joke that came from us. <laughs> okay. we made it common. It's common. We made it common. Come on. Actually, I'm not right? sure if I made. I, I I've been doing it so long, I don't remember. I I probably did take that from somebody else. <laughs> I think it's the only stock that we all pronounce differently. Like I, I call it's it pronounced Nicola. 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 You call it that. Well, it's really, I, I, what's the, the correct? 
way to say. Well, it. you should say it like you would say Nikola Tesla, right? So that was the guy's name. So Nikola. Oh, is, okay. Is let's do, let's give the news on this. This this thing's moving around. Oh All right, my so goodness. So so several days after Trevor Milton said they would respond to Hindenburg Research, they have responded here this morning uh, with a statement of their own. Um, uh, basically going after Hindenburg and all the, the apparent inaccuracies, exaggerations, misleading statements in the short report from last week. Uh, you really need to get into the weeds of this thing because it, it really is like a tit-for-tat situation back and forth. Um, a lot of like minor details that are being haggled over uh, between these two. But the bottom line is Nikola is responding to the uh, short report as they are wont to do. Um, and the company continues to just be caught up in this world. Which is what a what a weird what a weird stock. It's 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 always been this way, and it continues to be a strange one. And uh, it's just a lot of question marks. And I don't know. It doesn't make me feel good when the founder of a company is as obsessed with their stock as as Nikola's founder is. You must have been listening to the show on Friday because it's exactly what I was saying. Um, they're so no, concerned yeah. about their stock price. I said, stop being concerned about the stock price. Stop worrying about the short sellers and just run the company because everybody's entitled to their opinion. And yes, yeah, so they're making false allegations maybe, but to be obsessed, you know, that short sellers are just coming at me and, you know, and, and stop worrying about your stock price. Build the trucks, get the trucks going, stock price take care of itself. So if all of these allegations are false, like you're going to say they're false, then it'll work itself out and the short sellers will lose money in the long run. So um, I, I, I agree with you completely. Just too promotional on this stock they've been, which is why it's a red flag for me. Um, the stock is coming back from the lows with that being said. It so is. it got slammed here this morning. We got down and I got to look down at the floor. I'm 27 bucks. 27 bucks. So it's nice that it's come back. I think you probably bottomed out this morning at 27. Um, do I want to come in and be a buyer if this pulls back to like 28, 29, 30? Uh, not long-term, maybe as a trade. I mean, it's come down a lot. You, you still got to look at what the positives are. Is one, General Motors gave them a huge vote of confidence five sessions ago and people were paying up to $54 on this thing. Can you believe that? It's come all the way back down. It's basically a two-for-one stock split. And, and, and I'm mostly off of Hindenburg because it's, been, it's, it's really got to hit hard on this. So is there an opportunity here? There might be. I'm still not 100%. You know, this EV story is so many EV companies. You know, which ones? We know Tesla's still going to be the leader in EV. Probably a decade from now, Tesla's still your leader. That's why it's got the market cap that it does. What, uh, what's the EV landscape going to look like, though? Which companies are going to be the leaders? Is Nikola going to be number two? Is General Motors going to be number two? Is who's Ford going to make gonna a go, comeback in EV? trucks? Who's buying trucks? Well, I think people buy trucks. I, I don't think the everybody. concept's bad. Everyone. I own a truck. Yeah, everyone's yeah. buying trucks. I think the concept's good. It's just a matter of the valuation that's always turned me off to a certain extent on Nikola, too. I mean, what's it trading at? What's the, what's the valuation now? It's come down a lot. Look, the three knocks against Nikola have always been the same. One, is they're very promotional. Yes. Two, the market cap is insane. Uh, yep. For a company that hasn't made a product yet, and hasn't three, made a product. they have to build. They, they have to build out the infrastructure for the hydrogen fuel cells that are going to power their electric trucks. That infra infrastructure is expensive and not there yet. They have to be the ones to build it along with the trucks. Those have always been the knocks against Nikola. So it's still worth twelve billion, right? Twelve billion for a concept. That's right. a lot of money to pay. So they just consider that the story could get hot again, but this story. You know, as, as right now broken.
can the story become unbroken? Can they pick up the pieces and put it back together? Maybe. Um, I think, I'd, like I said, I do like the fact that it came back in the pre-market from these lows. They have been slamming the stock nonstop. I feel like this could be a green day for Nicola. Um, it's obviously still trading, I believe, slightly in the red here this morning. Uh, so from a trading perspective, I might buy dips. From an investing perspective, I can't pull the trigger on this. Yet. I'm not putting this in my long-term account because I, it, it's evaluation is insane for a concept. Uh, Big Bill D says all of Texas buys trucks, and I can confirm that. I've been in San Antonio twice, and I have seen so many white F-150s. When I go to – it's all you see is people driving – I love F-150s. Yeah. I, I, have one in my, I, I have one in my driveway right now. You have a white one? No. No, I don't buy white because it shows too much dirt. I always go silver because I don't wash cars. I never – you know the last time I washed a car – like, my wife will wash the car the odd time. I probably won't wash the car in 20 years. I'm just going to get dirty tomorrow. So well, Dennis, my wife, my wife Dennis, will wash them. Dennis, yes. you don't go anywhere. You well, don't leave the too. house. So well, that's true, too. So your truck sits in the garage the whole time, and so it doesn't get dirty. We are so late for Joe Saluzzi. Oh, my Howard. goodness. Go get that's Joe. Okay. We're keeping Joe extra time for this. Oh, Joe is here. Joe Saluzzi from Themis Trading. Joe, good morning. Oh, he's got a camera. Hey, guys, too. can you hear me? We can hear you, and we can see you. Awesome. All right, I'm in a closet here. So did sorry. you get to, did you get demoted to file clerk? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you can, there we go. Hey, uh, even worse. <laughs> We're actually in the office. We've been in our office uh, since day one of the pandemic, and uh, there's like four guys back there now. So I said, okay, I'll go in the office on the side. Uh, He's hi hiding in the COVID closet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they've isolated him. He's in 14 day quarantine in the COVID closet. <laughs> How you guys doing? All right. We're doing, we're doing good. Joe, all I've seen, all I, I saw Stacey Cunningham on this morning. They're talking about this New Jersey financial transaction tax. I saw you retweeted as well. So I know you're following the story. I got to yeah. get your thoughts on this. Obviously, New York Stock Exchange is very concerned about it. What are your thoughts? You know, we're not fans of a transaction tax per se, right? I, I think it's bad when you're taxing uh, people who are investing in the capital markets. And listen, we already pay a section 31 fee to the SEC on the yes, sales. There's already a tax that amounts to over a billion dollars a year for the SEC's budget. There's no need, I think, for, you know, for taxes on trades. We're paying taxes with capital gains. I heard you talking about that before. However, you know, the exchanges and, and so on, they are making a lot of money, right? And I think what's happening is the New Jersey government with a giant hole in their budget, like most other states said, hey, we got to get a piece of the action. We hear these exchange guys are making a ton of money. Let's put this tax on. So there were two local, uh, there was a state senator and a congressman who put the bill in saying a quarter of one cent per transaction. First of all, they wrote the bill wrong. So they, I think, because they think they're going to collect $10 billion from a quarter of a cent per transaction. It doesn't add up. It would have to be a quarter of a cent per share. Okay. If they change their bill to per oh, share, wow. it's yeah. never going to happen. First of all, number one, Will never happen. You could already see the, the Stacey Cunningham, the market makers, they're all lining up saying, no way. They started a coalition to prevent the, reti the retirement savers. You know, they, they got some sort of lobby group already. The money that they'll throw out this to fight it would be enormous. So it's a losing battle. They should just give up right now in New Jersey. However, my opinion, if you want to go after the New York Stock Exchange and you want to get a little piece of the action because they're taking advantage of New, New Jersey and the location and the physical, as we all know, how everything works with the pipes and so on from the exchange to exchange, well, take a look at the assessment of the real estate. Of the real estate. There may be other ways to tax that particular company if you'd like to. For instance, they're located at 1700 MacArthur Boulevard in Mawa, New Jersey, 
which is valued at $100 million and a tax rate of $1.8 million a year. Sounds a little low to me for a building that generates <laughs> enormous profits. So maybe I don't think Stacy's going to like this interview if she listens to this show. You're giving them ideas. <laughs> well, no, this, no, I'm helping her out. So rather than getting taxed billions, throw another 10, 20 million and hit them that way. Now that doesn't do anything for the state because we've got billions and billions of, of holes to fill. So bottom line is I, I think this won't go anywhere. They've tried numerous times in the past for financial transaction taxes. They don't work. Investors don't like it. Pension funds don't like it. Traders don't like it. Nobody likes it. And who, of course, you know, who is spending money for the, you know, for these campaigns, for the congressmen to support them? The exchanges, the market makers, the banks. The, so not going to happen. Biden has, has said, though, uh, throughout the last couple of years, really, he said that he supports a financial transaction tax as well. Right, what if we get a Democrat president coming in? Do you think that changes things? No, because I still think it's political. And I, and I think whether it's Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter. Who Look at the campaign contributions. I go to OpenSecrets.org, which is a good website. See who, who, who contributes to which congressperson. And it doesn't matter, Republican or Democrat. They're all getting money from the banks. They're all getting money from the brokers. And they're not going to upset the biggest constituents throwing the biggest money in for their next campaign. So they'll make it look like it. They'll, they'll start screaming, oh, we need to tax Wall Street. They're evil guys. They're evil. We need to tax them. And in the end, they're going to roll over like they always do. Because this has happened many times before. This happened under the Obama administration. They tried. They've tried it before that. It's just, it's not, a, a you know, I think I'm probably blowing it off maybe a little bit too easily. It'll, maybe they'll try fighting a little, but it's not going to happen. That's good news for traders, though, too, because they would, in this case, I believe liquidity would drop down. So I think you'd indirectly pay. And I do believe the tax would get passed on to the end user, what Stacy was saying this morning on her CNBC interview. So your Robinhood trades that appear to be free, which we know we're not, we could talk about that, too, if you want, Joe, um, would definitely not be free after a financial transaction tax comes in, because you'll be getting dinged on every single trade that you make, because it's not going to be the NYC paying this. They no. will pass sure. that on. Can we talk Robinhood a little bit? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, or, uh, Joe, I have a question for you. So we were talking earlier about scapegoats and, you know, SoftBank was blamed or whatever for the volatility last week. I've, I've also seen the a, a disproportionate number of uh, single stock options trades as a uh, scapegoat for volatility in one way or the other. Um, I'm curious what you're seeing on the option side of the market, uh, small in, in terms of like smaller size trades and the quantity yeah. of those. Yeah, you know, I, I actually I can't speak directly to options because we only trade equities here for, okay. for an institutional level. I've read what you read. And I mean, it does make sense. I mean, if you look at all from what I look at on my own personal, when I'm reviewing things, the strike prices, are, you know, they're, they're wide. The bid offer spread and you guys probably trade them better than I. It's huge. So when you're trading in a market like that, there is going to be more volatility. And if, if, if an app is set up, to just press a button to say trade and you don't know what the bid offer is and you don't know what the open interest is. You just know, Hey, I'm going to get exposure. Well, you don't know what the hell you're doing then. Right. And you really, the options market, in my opinion, is a professional market. It's not something for, for retail traders to be messing around with. That's for the pros. And most people, most, most pros make money by selling options, not by buying options. The buyers are usually the suckers on the other end. Right. And that's the way these guys make money. And they, they, you know, these market makers have been around forever. They know how it works. But, you know, I, I think what's happening with so many options, it is kind of filtering into hedging on the, on, the, on the equity side. And maybe you are seeing some excess volatility there. Because when you look at those Robinhood numbers, most of their payment for order flow, more than half of it's coming from options, not equities. So they're making big time money there, which tells you that the market makers love trading against retail options. 
Oh, and we just know it from, you know, even from our show. I mean, I get options questions. We get options questions more than equity questions. People love the options because, mm -hmm. hey, they can go take a thousand bucks and they can quickly double their money. And yeah. obviously people who are newer to the market aren't interested in getting rich slow. They're interested in getting rich fast. And they see, man, I can make 400% or 500% of my money in a week and a half. I want to be part of that. But like you said, Joe, people, you know, really, you know, it's the professionals that are selling the options to these people. And in the long run, it's usually the professionals making the money so these speculative option bets usually turn out to be just that speculative and not money it's a decaying asset right yes and it just loses money with time value and these are you know pros do it and the pros are usually hedging it with other instruments they know exactly what they're doing and if you're going in there buying a naked option and just hoping you're going to get you know it's gambling you might as well go to DraftKings or something same thing <laughs> Sorry, no plug there. For that. I, I think I think the difference is I, we don't get I, mailings for options trades, or maybe you do, but I get mailings <laughs> all the time. So, Joe, let's just talk about the markets a little bit. Uh, just an incredible runoff, the March low, uh, sell off, tech sell off. We have an election coming up. I mean, just talk about liquidity out there, the institutions. You know, I know you can't give us the direct order flow here, but to me, it seems like on the break, the break happened so fast, the algorithm slammed everything. And I think the a lot of the institutions kind of got out, lightened up, and then we just came back so fast, they really didn't have a chance to, to redeploy their assets. And they ended up chasing the market up here. Just talk about, you know, the next couple months, you know, historical volatility going into election and uh, what you're looking for from the markets. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, back in March, that 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 drop was big, right? That that whole the pandemic drop, whatever, I don't know what we're calling it. I don't know how many institutions actually said, hey, I'm going to liquidate, you know, big parts of my portfolio. I think a lot of that was just liquidity disappearing, that maybe that liquidity that we see, which we think is there during the day, which it really is not. It's just a lot of noise, in my opinion, the market makers going back and forth and retail and whatnot. That just disappeared. So we caught that vacuum like we've had before in many of these drops. And then after it was settled, okay, people started to slowly come back in. And then you got that grind back up that we've seen all the time, right? We called, you know, the ramping camp, the Dave Column on, on Twitter, we talk back and forth and it's called, you know, every day you get that jump up and then you can just sit around, you do nothing. That's where we are again. Uh, the last week we've caught that downtrend again, which I think because we've been, you know, we've certainly overbought. One of the things that I've been looking for and waiting for was the next stimulus plan right? That people have been talking about stimulus and now it's kind of getting pushed to the side. Uh, I think that's why you saw gold going up, the dollar getting crushed for a while. Now, where's the stimulus plan? That's the next, you know, you need something to keep supporting the rally because you don't have earnings still. Earnings are okay, but we don't have great guidance going forward. So where's the next, at least triage to the next part, right? And I think the next part would be the election and how we get, how do you get from here to the election without having another market collapse? I think you need another stimulus plan. And unless you get something, even if it's smaller, I think you need something. The market wants that. The market need the market's a junkie, right? The market needs free money from either the Fed's plans or some sort of fiscal stimulus. And if you don't give them anything, they're going to throw a tantrum. I mean, because it's all been multiple expansions. So when we look at it, it's the free money that's driving it because it's not definitely not the earnings driving it here, especially in 2020 with so many companies struggling. You know, obviously some of the tech companies are doing okay, but a lot of other companies really struggling. What are your institutional customers? Are they nervous here now then? If we're obviously maybe, you know, the free money train is going to slow down a little, a little bit. Are you seeing some nervousness from some of your customers? Not at all. Not at all. I, th I think they're all, when, you know, when you're talking about professional money managers and institutions, these are folks who have done their homework, right? And they understand their stocks and they understand their portfolio. 
So, you know, I may be seeing just a sliver of what they're doing. And I think they've, you know, positioned accordingly and they're not going to get shaken out by something out of their control. They're looking at fundamentals and fundamentals do matter, right? And if you're looking for long-term investments, you know, people can still find them and there are still good ones out there. Now we are getting rich and some may be selling and pairing a little bit here, which it could be prudent. I heard you talking about NVIDIA before and, and things like that. And, you know, when stocks go too high, sometimes in a portfolio, they say I'm now outsized. It's too big for my position. I can't, I have to sell that stock. Even a prudent money manager says, okay, I've gotten over X percent of my portfolio. This one has to go or at least pair back. So you, you certainly see some of that, uh, which I think is smart. But other than that, I think that, you know, we trade for longs, shorts, uh, different sector type of guys, and we've seen it all. I mean, but I, what I haven't seen is any panic. Certainly none. Uh, before we let you go, Joe, what is your favorite video on TikTok? TikTok? What the heck is that? <laughs> <laughs> He's a four. Joe, Joe's a four. Put a four down for him for a poll. <laughs> yeah. Joe's well, I got to tell you about one, one market structure thing if you got a minute. Yeah, go sure. for it. All right, 13 stock exchanges we have right now in the US. Uh, make it 14 as of last week. The long-term stock exchange just went live. They started trading. They had some hiccups already. 15 will be coming in September 21st, members exchange. That's owned by Citadel, Virtu, all the big market makers, all the banks. Sounds fair. <laughs> You're going to be seeing Memex trades popping up in your blotter. You're going to see them on your level two. They're offering an extremely aggressive pricing schedule to attract the broker algorithms. I heard you talking about an algorithm on TikTok. How do you get, right? How does it come in? Well, algorithms on Wall Street, the way they work is they have routing tables and the routing tables tend to go for best execution. You would hope, well, where are my best chance of getting a trade done? But some of these routing tables go for the cheapest trade, the lowest take fee, the highest rebate. Memex is offering a proposal, which is the highest rebate and lowest take fee on Wall Street. Guess what's going to happen with those routing tables? They're going to start finding their way over to Memex. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying you're going to start to see them on your blotter. So be aware there's a 15th exchange coming. Great point. Thank how's um, how's uh, the uh, IEX, how's that yep. doing? Do you still send stuff there anymore? We haven't talked about that in yeah. a while. They actually had a big victory a couple of weeks back. They proposed something called a delimit order, which is kind of like a, it's a visible order. It's probably too much to get into right now, but it was a big fight on Wall Street. Took about almost a year. The market makers like Citadel didn't like it. Actually, Virtue did like it. A bunch of other folks, the pension funds all liked it. The SEC went back and forth, back and forth, and IEX ended up winning, which was great. So there's this new order type. It'll be coming out in a few weeks. So, but other than that, they're still doing, they're consistently doing good business there. We consistently get great fills from them. So uh, overall, I think they're doing fine. I trade on IEX too. IEX is great. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right, Joe Sluzzi is a co-founder of Themes Trading. Thanks a lot for the time today, Joe. Thanks for the insights. Got it, guys. Good seeing you. Sorry Thanks, about my Joe. Thanks. <laughs> great seeing that mug too, man. Thank you. you uh, get out of the filing cabinet. You're okay now. <laughs> I got to go to work now. I got to make some money. <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks a lot, Joe. All right. It is 8.51. Let's do some tickers. Actually, let's do one or two more, and then we'll get to some ticker time. And I, I'm being reminded here. What do you uh, got? By Mitch. Uh, to ask for likes, so hit that like button if you missed me, and if you didn't miss me, hit the like button anyway. Uh, what about GameStop here, guys? GME getting a two upgrades this morning. I don't know the last time we've talked about this stock on our show. Uh, Friday, because it's getting sold off. <laughs> oh, I was right. saying how much I hate it. Fine. Well, <laughs> 
Uh, GameStop upgraded by Jeffries uh, and Telsey Advisory uh, this morning. Telsey to outperform. What, what's the story? Like, why? Jeffries to buy. I don't why? know. It's, it's just, this a lot stock. of people playing video games. That's good for them. Just the problem is they don't go to GameStop to buy the games. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to dig up um, Michael Pactor. Pactor. Yeah. He yeah. The, Let's yeah. get Pactor on. When Pactor says buy GameStop, I'll he buy did. GameStop. He did. He's been bullish GameStop. Is he, is he bullish yeah, GameStop? Yeah, he has When been. did he turn bullish GameStop? Yeah, he was on our show a few months back. He, I didn't remember that. I must have just not liked the story, though, which I still don't selective, like. So I didn't participate selective in that Selective hearing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, oh, bullish GameStop. I'll dismiss that. <laughs> Right. I don't know. It just seems like a, uh, I don't know how to put it. Maybe a, a well orchestrated move up. You know, you have uh, you have people coming in, taking big stakes, it rallies, then it sells off. They had the bad earnings. They sold it off again. It came in. I don't know. I, I can't. I don't know if it's the real estate. I'm not a gamer, so I, I have no idea. The nothing goes straight to zero. Yeah, but this one, it just keeps showing signs of life. I mean, when anyone ever buy this thing, I mean, I don't know. It's mall based is the problem. Right. They need to figure out how to like make money from not having physical stores. And then it gets interesting. I mean, the video, nothing is hotter than video games. I mean, oh yeah. Okay. They've cooled off the last couple of weeks, but I mean, this has been a great 2020 has been a great year for the video games. So you'd think about that. And I mean, I guess GameStop is up slightly from there, but you know, you look at the game makers themselves, like Activision Blizzard going, you know, at the start of the year from, you know, 55 to to $80 take two. Uh, I'm still long take two. It's been, you know, straight up really for a lot of 2020 EA. Again, these have come down in the last month. And like I said, I, I think I'd be using that opportunity to maybe get some exposure if I didn't have any to the video game makers, but do I want to play it through GameStop? It's, nah. Is it a turnaround story? I mean, it hasn't, the good news is it hasn't gone to zero. We've been talking about this thing, you know, being dead money for a long time and it's been a slow leak. But in the last two years, it hasn't been going down. So that's the good news. The bad news is there's still mall based retailer, and mall based retailers just are not performing. Hugh, well. Hugh, every joke, if you've ever tried to exchange a game at GameStop, and I have, uh, I, GameStop, I will give you. Uh, How's that work? I'll give you a half price and, uh, and a controller for, for a share of your stock. How about that? Uh, how does it work? They have a very. Uh, putrid exchange policy everyone has ever tried to exchange games there knows that gamestop is is cheap and they, they uh will not give you full value for your game uh to the chat we go uh being asked i haven't been on Fortnite lately with drake i hear i beat him so that's, many times he just doesn't even want to play against that's me the problem you beat right, that uh, ninja guy? being asked about apple here guys let's look at apple here okay i and uh, Nick did a good job of pointing this out. I have the key to the market for the remainder of the year. Give it to me. Apple holding 110. I'll agree with you. Yeah. That's a critical level for it to yep. hold. Yep. It held, it's held it. And, and, you know, what's impressive is the Q's made new lows and Apple did not want to make new lows. And Apple, like it or not, is still a very big heavyweight in this market. Yes, it's had huge multiple expansion. Yes, I'm still long in my long-term portfolio. Yes, I'm not selling it out of my long-term portfolio because I agree with Jim Cramer, hold Apple, you know, forever. I trade it. Well, I actually don't agree with Jim Cramer because he always says, you know, just buy Apple, don't trade Apple, just hold it. I do both. I buy Apple and I trade Apple. <laughs> so, but I have in the long-term account, I'm holding on those Apple shares. 
With that being said, 110 is a huge level, Joel. I completely agree with you. It needs to hold 110. If Apple creators under 110, it will drag the whole market down with it. And you, it gets sloppy under 110 because we it have does. the split move yep. from 95 all the way up to 110 in like two days. So if you start losing 110, you're probably going under 100 in Apple. And then the whole market's going to get dragged down with it too. So completely agree with you. This needs to hold 110. You start seeing this trade at 108. Katie bar the door. It's going to go under 100. It's going to drag the whole market down with it. And uh, and I'll give you uh, an equally good number on the upside. And we're we're a ways from it. Uh, I'm just going to go with that uh, pre-split close, 124.81. Now you fluffed it. You went to 137.98. So you. I don't know how, what kind of heat people take positions on or whatever, but if you had shorted this thing, you end up with four times as many shares. Next day, it gaps up, runs 12, 13 points on you. When it came back down through it, it was like, whew, like the, you talk about a heatless trade. You had a close at 120.88. Next day, the high was 123.70. So you never even got a shot out of it. So that's just long-term 110, 124.81, those are just, I don't care about the all-time high. I don't care about psychological support at 100. Those are some big levels for, and I think for the market, I mean, being the biggest component in the S&P 500. Right. Keep one eye here on Spotify heading into okay. open because uh, Trump tweeted that he would have liked it if Joe Rogan moderated the next the presidential debate. So Whoa. Joe Rogan's podcast is, of course, owned by Spotify. When was that tweeted? No, uh, no, 10 minutes ago. Uh, so just keep one eye. Have a big for Spotify. That, well, I could see that moving the stock. Not yet, right? I could see. Yeah, it. but people sleeping on it, right? I could see that moving the stock. Keep, I could get some media coverage. The, the thing is, you get like a headline like that. The news algos don't have any idea how to trade that, so they're not right. even you know on that at all. And then it's like, okay, is media going to talk about that? If media talks there about that, go. then it gets the story hot, and that could actually propel it. So I would not want to be short Spotify right now with the potential that you know CNBC could talk about something like that. So, and then that would pop it even more because then the masses know about it. So, Dennis, it, it's such a, uh, to just make that point. I mean, there's stuff that we talk about on the show that, like, on a Tuesday, and then, like, on Thursday or Friday or over the weekend, you know, I'm seeing, like, oh, this is news. And I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, this GM thing? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because what we do and how closely we cover the markets, but that, that media just jumping on the bandwagon. I just, I don't know. I feel like it's hard for me to read my bearings now because it's like, we talk well, about all that stuff. All yeah. Week. Yeah. I, it, I mean, that's why newsprint is so late to the game. I mean, it's stuff that we've talked about all week. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, we're an early show. So we're getting to the news, you know, to, to give everybody, you know, the, you know, obviously we're not, you know, gurus here saying we're gurus. We're just, we're early. We're at 8 a.m. We're starting, you know, yes, CNBC's got, you know, Kernan on and, and them, but I mean, we're traders here. So we're an early show. So we're hitting the news a little bit before everybody. Like I know how often do you see, you know, Jim Cramer come on nine o'clock and he repeats half the stuff we talked about. It, you know, some of it, you know, just, might just, be the producers watching our show, which I think there could be a little bit, but a lot of it's just the same stuff. It's the topics of the day, right? He's going to yeah. talk NVIDIA. He's going to talk Gilead. He's going to talk at all. So we just beat him because we're an hour earlier. So, um, so, but it's the same thing. Like Barron's, it's print media, you know, at least your physical copy of your parents. And it's stuff that we've usually talked about a lot, unless there's an opinion piece in there, which there was obviously last week on Peloton, which maybe we should talk Peloton. Oh, man. Because I... are you holding it still? That was a yeah. wicked, wicked, wicked I reversal. Know. I know. It got over 100 in the pre-market. It never sniffed it. And it put in the dreaded double top. 
And what I, I mean by that is 9861, the Joel Alcon and Double Top, which he looks at. 9861, the next day, 9810. We're going to call out when the stock's moving around 20 points in a day. That is a double top. That technical key, you know, I guess it wasn't a key reversal because it didn't actually make a new high, but it was dang close. So, ah, uh, wow. Yeah, this story just turned big time. And I'm going to say now that Peloton may never see $100. It did um, in the pre-market that day. It did. It I did. Know, it saw I know, it. I know. I'm going to say know. on the regular session, though, like, you know, in the charts, it may never see $100. You have people caught in this now. I would not be surprised if there's a huge washout in this further. So people coming in and buying Peloton right now at 8250 think it's going back to $100. There's people caught in this now. I think the exact opposite. I would do a bet. I don't know if somebody wants to do it, but no, I will take 72 over 92 on this thing. I would be a seller of all rallies in Peloton here. I think it turned. And I've been bullish Peloton, but I it know. turned Friday. It turned. I, I, it I turned just hard. I was talking about it and uh You, you wanted know. to sell it, but at least one night. Yeah. We just gotta get these wood floors in the kitchen, then I can talk about something else. <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> Driving me. <laughs> Those crazy. wood floors of Peloton keeps going oh. down. Might turn into carpet. <laughs> oh, man, if I don't kidding. want to talk about it. All right, Spencer's been trying to do ticker time here, and we we forgot about five Spencer. Ticker time. No, yeah, we were right. Can I you stay a few minutes, Dennis, or you got to yeah, I'll stay, I'll stay for a couple minutes. I'm running a skeleton crew operation here anyways, missing a computer and trying to trade on my iPad and all over the place. So, yeah, sure, might as well do some ticker. Right, I should have mentioned with Apple that their, their iPhone event is, is tomorrow. Uh, but to the chat. It's battery have, day. When's battery day? I think Isn't that coming up too? Next week, I think. Right. It's next uh, week. Twenty second, top of my head. Don't quote me on that. Fifteenth, I think. I, that's what I thought. Fifteenth is like tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. That I, is today's the fourteenth. Maybe battery Monday. days coming. Yeah, soon. Dennis was all messed up last week because of uh, Labor oh, yeah. Day because he was off Monday. Yeah, I thought, yeah, when it was Thursday, I thought it was okay. Wednesday. When it was Friday, I thought it was Thursday. When it was Saturday, I actually logged in to trade. But okay, next. <laughs> All right, very light on the on earnings this week, but one we're going to get is FedEx, and someone just dropped them in the chat here. So let's look wow. at FedEx ahead yeah. of the wow. this week. Dennis, why is this? that up another eight bucks? What's the headline? Is there a headline on that? Just, it's up eight bucks. It's got to uh, be a headline. They have a uh, they got a price target raise from Morgan Stanley this morning. Oh, Dennis. Oh. Dennis. Yes, talk to me. I'm still yeah. on FedEx. Yeah, I know, but I don't. When it drops 50 points, I don't want to hear you crying about it. I so feel do, like selling it. It's went oh so man, far. Oh man! Where is my level? Where am I sell? Should I sell at the old all-time highs? 274. Uh, it's still a ways away. Yeah, I don't know if you're gonna get that. This is uh, the biggest, most incredible one-directional move that FedEx has probably ever seen. I mean, we were a hundred bucks in March, and now we're 240. It's such a big move. I rode this thing everywhere, and I should have been trading it. I've complained about it. I went for, I bought it at 150. It went to 200. Went back to 150. Went back to 200. I could have scalped 50 points twice, and then it went down under 150. It went down to like under 100 bucks. 88.69. Yeah, during the COVID crisis, but I should have backed up the truck and loaded everything. Now it's 241 dollars. You're buying it now. Holy mackerel! You're late to the party. I want to sell it. I don't know. I don't know what to do. You don't they're, they're firing on all cylinders. You know they you are. You don't want to get overstocked on this one now. When oh, that guy yeah, came out, they were like, oh, this is a great They're coming out. They're going to make so much money. And kaplooey. That finally did maybe find a bottom. But uh, The one I, thing about FedEx is the valuation has never been crazy. So, you know, and sure. it got crazy. It got crazy to the downside when this thing got down to 88 bucks. I mean, how much is FedEx spent? Go look at the yeah. pro. 
how much is FedEx supposed to make this year? Like, what oh, are their earnings? Right. It makes like $14, $15 a share, oh, doesn't it? They make some money. They make some money, man. And uh, uh, and you know who's good on this? When did we have uh, Chaykin on? Was it was it Thursday when Spencer was gone? Or I can't remember who our guest was. I think we had a week ago Thursday. And he said this is his uh, like his barometer stock, right? Oh, KChat mentions holiday season coming up, too. Oh, yeah. That's the solution, um, too. I mean, everybody's getting everything delivered. UPS, FedEx firing on all cylinders. So... I guess, you know, it's still making new all-time highs. So, you know, I guess trail if we off get those a, stops. I mean, I guess if we get a vaccine, and maybe then you want to see. Yeah, that would be the anti-play for a right. vaccine, maybe. Do you I see how the earnings estimates? Uh, I mean, they'll make – you're talking about for the year or for the quarter? Yeah, another year. I'm just trying to, like, get yeah, an idea. For the year, they'll make around $70 billion. What, what is that per share? Oh, earnings per share? Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know how many shares are outstanding. I'd do quick grade one yeah. math calculation there. Right. Uh, it's pre-market highs, 243, Whew, man. Uh, I'm looking at the monthlies here. If you can get this, oh, earnings are Tuesday, right? Yeah. I see this monthly high at 260. I mean, maybe, you know, you can hold out for the old time high, 259 and a quarter. That's, I kind of want to sell up before the I don't know. I know. I, I, yeah. Like 14, I don't know. 14 bucks, 15 bucks. That 14, $15 a share they make. I mean, think about when it got down to 88 bucks and oh everyone was still delivering everything. The oh, P was like five. Right. Oh, Holy, yeah. that was, I, I think you're right. I think it makes like 13, yeah. 14 dollars yeah, a share. Somewhere in the 13 range. They make a lot of money. And UPS does as well. You know, we talked about that. Remember that thing I got delivered and there's like $70 UPS charge on it for like dotting the I's and crossing the T's on the paper. So, I mean, these, they make money, man. Yeah. All right. Let's do like one more here. Let's just look at like uh, here, DPHC, Diamond Peak. This is a SPAC play. Um, it is up nine. Holy percent this morning. Which one's this one? What are they? What are they turning into? I, uh, this, uh, I th- God, I'll be honest. EV. Uh, I cannot keep them straight. Batteries, elect Chinese. Uh, electric, yeah, it, it, cars. It's, it's EV. It's EVs. I don't know. Uh, it's oh, this is Lordstown, isn't it? Oh, this is Lordstown. This is Lordstown. Oh, by the way, I, I drove past the uh, the Lordstown, Lordstown plant. Yeah, I drove right past it yesterday, um, and it was it was there. Is all I can say. <laughs> it, <was there. laughs> it exists. It exists. DPHC. Lordstown. Did you see anybody pushing trucks outside? No, on the did getting not up? See anyone pushing trucks. <laughs> with a video camera <laughs> no no but it was there i don't know what to tell you about this one folks Hot, I would just, but uh, where I'm the not, party ends who knows yeah if you want a level to lean on just uh look at the pre-market high let's see where that came in maybe that might have been you got to 27.94 you had trouble in the upper 27s from 7.45 until 8.15. So there's a seller looking around 28 there if you're looking for uh, a major breakout. A lot of highs there. Who knows? I mean, this thing's had a great couple days. 16 bucks, almost doubled. So a little bit too much, too fast for me. Uh, I'm in the SPAC one, SPAQ, and it actually, I think they officially announced that they are doing the Fisker things. So that's why it's trading up 9% here this morning too. Um, you're still in your shell, right? Yeah, that's supposed to close like this week or next we week. We talked about that. You scared him. You scared him with this. You still hold him. I think it's so that Spencer to, Israel holds strong. I think it's supposed to close like this week or something. I'm not quite sure. Um, oh no. Did did it did it close on it may have been Friday. I think it Friday was may have been the day. I don't I'm know. Gonna turn into that. Yeah, where it, it makes the it, it's anything EV uh, spack has just been hot. 
I mean, I, I don't know when this all cools off, but the SPACs are just hot. It's hard to, you know, fight the tape in these things and say, oh, yeah, they're overdone. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Sure, a lot of these things are overdone, but the SPACs have remained hot. You think about the correction that we've had in the queues, and you think about the correction we've had in tech, and that has not occurred in a lot of the SPACs. I mean, yes, your shell came down, but it was really, it had really run. But these ones that haven't run are still going. I mean, like the one, you know, like this uh, Lordstown one, like this thing is just keeps going. I mean, the SPAC one that I have, it's making new highs on the move here. So hard to argue with the charts here on oh, some of they, these SPACs. Mitch tells me they're voting on September 28th. So thank you very much. We're two weeks from today. Uh, all right, let's, let's wrap it up here. It's, it was good to uh, get back in, in the saddle uh, for the day. I, I mostly remembered what I'm doing. Uh, so, uh, That's good. thanks to, uh, our guest today, Joe Luzzi. Thanks to everyone in our chat. Want to see a few more likes if I can on YouTube. We're up to two thirty-eight right now. Thanks to, of course, our chatters on the pre-market website and on Benzinga pro as well. Uh, you could please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or training advice. You can also catch our podcast, uh, which is available on every major podcast platform or just catch the replay of every show on YouTube. Uh, that'll be it for us. Well, we'll see you in the afternoon. Everyone have a great rest of your day and good luck. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.